The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you this week by you, the hundreds of people who listen to the Door County Pulse podcast and the weekend primer twice a week, every week. If you're an individual or small business who would like to reach out to those hundreds of listeners each week, then why not think about sponsoring an episode of the Door County Pulse podcast or weekend primer? You can do so by emailing us at info at doorcountymarketing.com. From all of us in Door County and across the United States who check in every week to the Door County Pulse podcast, we look forward to hearing from you very soon. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. How was your weekend? Busy, I would assume. Busy once again. Yeah, we had the fall challenge ride in Sister Bay, but we had beautiful, if maybe even a little muggy for a September Saturday in Door County, but mm-hmm. it was awesome weather. Now, the you guys missed out on the rain that we've been having over the past couple of days, right? Yeah, we had perfect weather on Saturday and, and Sunday for cleanup. We had 650 riders who turned out for the ride. So yeah, fantastic day. Cool. And then now this weekend, you're gearing up for the Hey Hey 5K. So you've got these two events back to back with each other. How's that been treating you? Yeah, the Hey Hey 5K is kind of a relief for me because it's pretty easy one to throw together. We work with Door County Brewing Company and we just do a little 5K out of their back parking lot and uh, all the runners get a cool t-shirt, a free pint glass from the brewing company and then uh, their first fill up free as well. And then we do a uh, little root beer floats for the kids who show up. When, I, when we launched the ride or the, this run four years ago, we didn't really envision it being like a family thing, but a lot of people did start bringing their kids to it and we're like, well, we got to have something for them besides a, a beer at the finish line. So now we do root beer flows for them. Right. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I know that you guys throw on really great after parties after these events. And uh, Door County Brewing Company is a really great place to do it. So looking forward to that. Yeah. We And then uh, we should be remiss not to mention that is Bailey's Harbor Autumn Fest Saturday after. So the run kind of kicks that festival off. There's a classic car show. There's... A lot of stuff going on in Bailey's Harbor. Right. So a great time to, to come over. Hopefully the weather clears up a little bit more. We've been in this kind of rainy, cold, dry spell, which I actually like a lot. But if you're <laughs> going to be outdoors running, maybe maybe a little bit more dry weather would be nice. preferable. Uh, so in terms of news this week, uh, we actually just have a bunch of little updates to some stories that we've run previously, um, some things looking forward, and then we're actually going to sit down with Aaliyah Kidd, who just got back from Washington Island. She's been up there for the the Juniper Harvest? The Juniper Harvest up there with Death's Door Distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see um, what she thought of that event. They brought in a lot of bartenders from craft um, cocktail makers, I should say, from around the state and I think throughout the region to go up there and pick Juniper, take part in a bunch of events on the island and make some cocktails. So uh, it looked like a lot of fun. I wish I could have been up there. So starting off, uh, Jim Lundstrom wrote about the Sheriff Candidate Forum. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the, the sheriffs? Yeah. So there's uh, that'll be on the November 6th ballot. Um, the Sheriff candidates are Pat McCarty, who is a longtime road deputy in Door County, got started in the as a jailer, and Tammy Sternard also uh, got started in, as a jailer and continues to work at the jail. Um, Sternard ran in 2014 against Steve DeLarwell and lost, and she is running again. This is Pat McCarty's first um, attempt to run for sheriff. He has been uh, serving as DeLarwell's deputy sheriff for the last four years. Um, 
He's also a former Southern Door football coach. Um, not a lot of difference in, in the form came out between the two of them. Um, both cited a lot of the same issues in Door County, worrying about the opioid crisis, um, safety of the schools, school safety up here. Although we think of our schools as very safe, I'd imagine if you're in law enforcement, that's your worst nightmare because when these when things happen at schools, it ha- it never happens. There's no school that you pinpoint and go, oh, I would expect something bad to happen there. So I, everyone's on edge. I know they do a lot of planning and things surrounding school safety. So while the general public might not think of it as a a huge issue. The uh, the sheriff's department is probably top of mind. Um, but yeah, in general, not a lot of differences came out between the two. They're both uh, have significant experience. I'd guess the the biggest um, experience differentiator is Pat spent a lot more time on the road. She has spent more a lot more time in the jail. And in that position, one of one of her arguments was that um, it's more of a management. You're more like the CEO. When, you're, when you serve as a sheriff, it's not that you're out so much <laughs> enforcing these laws. You're the CEO managing all these uh, direct reports. So that, uh, that form was last week. And again, that, that's on the November 6th ballot. And then there's another form coming up Saturday for the state Senate seat. Um, Andre Jock and Caleb Frostman are competing again they they competed in the i think it was the june special election right frostman won that race narrowly and then um they're going head to head again in november and that forum is at 9 30 a.m saturday at the southern door community auditorium okay sounds good speaking of elections uh national voter registration day is september 25th yeah um so just a reminder there's all these different new restrictions that have been put on on voting um, new requirements for people. It's best just to get that taken care of early. You want, if you're going to make, go through the trouble of voting, make sure your vote counts. Um, do the, do the work now and the September 25th, next Tuesday, just a reminder to, that people need to make sure they're registered. And if you've moved, or if you're like a lot of young people in Door County who bounce between apartments a lot, uh, make sure you're registered in the right place to vote. Right. I think that uh, you can't stress enough how important it is to to register and, and beyond that, to vote. Um, I always say it doesn't matter who you vote for as long as you vote. That's the most important part of the process. So just a reminder for September 25th, tell your friends. I mean, that's it, it's not a deadline, but it is just kind of a, you know, hey, this would be a great day to get out and do this. Spread the word, you know, get everybody registered. And be thinking ahead because if you know, a lot of people get out of town in the off season here, um, and a lot of people look to, toward that end of October, early November time to hit the road, go on vacation. If you are, now is the time to make sure you get uh, an early voting ballot. So, yeah, we want to make sure as many people vote as possible. It's important. Great. Uh, moving on, we have some news out of Sturgeon Bay uh, having to do with their waterfront, right? Yeah, the Sturgeon Bay City Council uh, went into closed session on Tuesday and they came out and voted to disband the Waterfront Redevelopment Authority. And from the indications, they do have some uh, loose ends to tie up with that. But they that's been a source of controversy for quite a while. The Waterfront Redevelopment Authority has been around for about 30 years. It's an appointed commission that kind of is operates as an equal to the elected city council, but it's unelected. For instance, when they had the all the battle over the hotel and the west side waterfront redevelopment. They had a settlement agreement in place with the city that they came back to vote on. And when it went to the city council, the city council approved it. 
but the Waterfront Redevelopment Authority also had to approve it. And the Waterfront Redevelopment Authority said no. So even though the elected city council had agreed to this settlement agreement for that would have placed the ordinary high water mark in a certain spot and would have ended that whole controversy over the waterfront back in June, because this unappointed body disagreed, that settlement went out the window. So there's been a lot of folks, especially kind of on the, I guess I would call them like the new guard side of things that, that kind of took over the council in the last round of elections, that new guard was very anti-Waterfront Redevelopment Authority, and now they've successfully disbanded it in favor of an ad hoc committee that is made up of new members that will serve as a, as a city committee advising them on the waterfront for any waterfront redevelopment projects. So what, is, what does this mean moving forward? It's tough to say exactly what it, what it will do, because they, they this new committee will be much less powerful than this very independent um, some would say secretive, um, some would say old boys network of the Waterfront Redevelopment Authority, but that, that old boys network had a lot of knowledge too, and a lot of expertise that had gone back years and years and years, and they'd been working on the waterfront for a long time. This new committee is made up of a lot of different people. Some of them are the same as the Waterfront Redevelopment Authority. It's going to be a different structure. It's going to be more advisory, just like a, a plan commission or other entities of the city where they make a recommendation to the council, and then the council can do nothing, can adopt it, can say no. So it, it puts more of the power back in the council's hands, which um, in general probably seems to make sense. I mean, it's kind of odd that with something as, as important as a city waterfront and those redevelopment projects, especially in a city the size of Sturgeon Bay, that, that the elected authority would have an unelected kind of equal just hanging out there. Right. So. And what that will affect, most likely affect, is that Westside Waterfront redevelopment, which is not just that hotel, but you're talking about um, any expansion plans with the Door County Maritime Museum, um, everything related to the granary and that massive controversy, and also should they decide to go into other redevelopment projects on the waterfront. So it, it could have a pretty significant impact, significant impact on whatever happens moving forward with that West Waterfront parcel. Speaking of waterfront... Uh, we have an update on the Fish Creek Beach bathrooms situation. Yes, the uh, ever-controversial bathroom development in Fish Creek. It is kind of wild that this has become such an oxygen suck for the, for the town of Gibraltar, that, which oversees the village of Fish Creek. They are looking at, for the longest time, Gibraltar's or Fish Creek's beach there has had just like a couple of portageons right. with a little fence around them. They bought a property next door for over a million dollars to expand, but roughly double the size of that public beach area and did a redesign that'll be um, implemented most likely next year when they redo the highway and all these other projects that go into Fish Creek. They've cleared the house out of that property and now they want to put in a nicer bathroom structure, which makes a lot of sense because the existing port johns are in a little fence right by the water. Right. So they're going to move that off of that kind of prime location on the property. And it's been a big controversy because when the bathroom project sort of got out of hand as they went through the planning project and they took input from a lot of different citizens, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew until in July when they went to voters, they went to them with an $850,000 bathroom proposal. That included like a little gathering space, kind of a pavilion, um, a lot of indoor space. And the voters roundly rejected it, three to one vote against that. And it actually stirred a lot of anger, basically from voters saying, 
why are you coming to us with a nearly million dollar bathroom proposal? Right. What the heck? We just need bathrooms. Part of the reason it got expensive is because they're also trying to make this thing fit into the character of Fish Creek and not just be sort of a, a very basic bathroom building. Right. So they're trying to put these aesthetic touches to it. And then you get into the whole debate about, well, whose version of Fish Creek? Mm-hmm. What your version that fits in doesn't fit it isn't the same as mine that fits in. So they've had a lot of debates about that. They will they have decided then they've narrowed it down to some designs drawn up by Rick Toyne. And what they decided at Tuesday night's meeting was to take all three of his designs to the voters in late October and have them choose one. Um, all of these are much less expensive. Uh, the initial estimates were two hundred fifty thousand dollars or less for any of them. Um, that might go up based on adding some other design elements, adding urinals, kind of switching, adding a little bit more aesthetically pleasing um, sections to the building that would face toward the beach. They will finally come back to them. I, it's going to be interesting, though, taking three choices to voters. Right. Is that is it unique or weird in any way? Because it seems like, like, what's the benefit of doing it that way rather than just picking a design and voting yes or no on it? After being so roundly rejected in July and getting a lot of negative feedback, that was clearly the board did not expect that. And they've said this, they were taken aback, as I'm going to say, shell-shocked by that, by the vitriol that was spewed at that meeting. There were probably about 200 residents there and probably another 100 or so residents in the Gibraltar High School gym that were piping up and expressing their, their anger about the cost of this project and how it got out of hand. They, they were not expecting that at all. So now I think they really want to give the voters all the options possible and, and just say, hey, here, here's three different ways that we can go. You, you guys figure it out. It's one of, two of the designs involve like a little bit of um, open space inside a structure. And then the bathrooms would be accessed from inside like a larger shell building. And then the third design is more of your classic four doors from the outside in, not heated. Um, it would, all, all the structures would be insulated not heated. There was some debate at the meeting about whether it should be a four-season bathroom, which is, that'll be interesting too. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's demand for bathroom facilities at the beach in the winter, but there was talk of that as well. So they're figuring, trying to figure all of this out. They'll take it to voters. The earliest they could come back to voters is October 10th. From that meeting, it sounded like it would be after October 17th. As soon as they set that date, they have to work with the Gibraltar school to find, that's the only place that would have a a room big enough to host a meeting of the whole town. Because unlike a village, they can't, the board can't just choose a design and make a decision. Right. If it's over a certain threshold, they have to go to the voters for approval. So it's a big town hall meeting. And however many electors show up, that's who gets a vote. The town did say they are going to structure this meeting a little bit differently. The last one was a bit of a free-for-all. They said they were going to take uh, maybe limit public comment to a certain time frame. Um, only have one mic on the floor instead of passing it through the audience and having random people pipe up. And they're going to do more of a nuanced presentation at the beginning that would explain the whole process a little better. It sounds like the board felt that all of those things were not done as well as they could have been the last time around. So hopefully it's a more organized meeting. But with fall sports going on now, it's not as easy to pin down that date for the meeting. So they're going to have to see if they can get the auditorium or one of the school's gyms available sometime in late October, but it sounds like sometime in those last two weeks of October will be the the vote and a mailing will go out to everybody on the tax rolls a couple of weeks prior to that. And they've said they were going to put a lot more information on their website, 
we will put a lot more information on the Pulse website and people can look for more of that in Pulse Picks, our daily email, or just going to doorcountypulse.com and we'll make sure we get all of those renderings, the final renderings, there's some tweaks they're making to them now and all the voting information up on our website as well. Great. That was my final question on that, where we can see these renderings and stuff like that. That that seems like it's about it for this week in terms of news. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? That's not like a good wrap of everything we've been covering this week in, in the Pulse. Um, next week will be another busy one with more of these voting forums, more election preview information coming out in the Pulse over the next couple of weeks, both for the governor's race, the state senate race, the assembly race between Joel Kitchens and Roberta Thielen. Um, there'll be a lot lot going on in the next uh, six to eight weeks as we head up to November 6th. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much for chatting with me this week, Miles. Have fun at the Hey Hey 5K, and we will see you again next week. All right. Always a pleasure, Andrew. And we are back. I'm joined by Aaliyah Kidd. She is our multimedia editor. How are you doing, Aaliyah? Doing good. You just got back from Washington Island today. What were mm-hmm. you up there for? Yeah, I was actually invited to the annual Juniper Harvest, which is hosted by Death Store Spirits and Distillery. Um, they host 50 bartenders on the island, and everybody gets to pick Juniper, which is kind of a fun event. But there's, there's much, much more to it than that. Sure. You left, what day did you leave? On Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. So what was it like being up on the island? Were you there overnight or did you make a couple trips? Yep. No, I stayed uh, two nights at the Town Liner Inn, um, you know, a small little motel, which was very quaint and cozy. Um, but the whole group had to s- stay amongst the four different uh, hotels on the island mm-hmm. since, yeah, we are a big group. Right. I've only ever done day trips to the island. What's it like being up there for a couple of days in a row? You can tell it was kind of starting to get a little bit more quiet now that the summer's starting to fade, sadly. But um, you really just get that relaxed vibe. That's for sure. So back to the the juniper harvest. What is this event and and what were you doing up there? Yeah, so um, Death Store Distillery, which is based in Madison, Wisconsin, they create um, gin using the juniper berries from Washington Island. And they also use the wheat from the island. So they've got this great partnership going with uh, the farmers of Washington Island. Um, and this is actually the 11th year that they're doing it. So it started as just inviting some friends up, whoever was interested in knowing more about gin and juniper um, and just helping to do some of the picking to learn more. Um, and it's evolved into bartenders applying to come to this event. And so 50 this year were selected and they came from all over the world, actually. So Um, There's bartenders from across the country, but we had people from Italy, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom. So it was really, really cool to see this like diverse group of bartenders all come together on Washington Island. So this is this is not a festival. This is a closed event, correct? Right. Okay. And take me from the beginning to end. What kind of stuff were you up there doing? So I joined a little bit into the event. Actually, they started in Madison and did the distillery tour. And I know that they hit up some amazing food and drink places in Madison before they got on the bus to come up to Door County. Um, So on Washington Island, the first day we did some swimming on Schoolhouse Beach, of course, even though it was a little chilly, but it was still pretty fun. Um, And then the whole group actually got to do a little bit of volunteer work at the Washington Island School. So um, they painted the halls and did some yard work, I guess. (laughs) And after that, we did a classic fish boil at the KK. Fisk, I think I'm saying that right. Yep. 
And that was really, really fun. They had live music and everybody was interested to see that big boil over, Mm -hmm. um, of course. And then the second day was the actual juniper harvest. So that took place on Greengate Farms, which is this really beautiful little place that used to be an orchard. Um, They have a lot of juniper bushes. And so uh, there's teams that actually competed to get the most juniper berries. So it turned out to be kind of a fun competitive event. Very cool. Uh, and then that was, when was the actual harvest? Was that this morning or yesterday? That was yesterday morning. Okay. Yeah. And then this morning, did you do any sort of parting activities or just kind of get up and come back? Yeah, we had to go across the ferry uh, pretty early this morning. They were heading to Green Bay to do a tour of Lambeau Field. So hmm. really, you know, highlighting all of the best of uh, Wisconsin. So. Well, that's cool. So this this whole event is kind of a, an all-encompassing tour in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. They they start down at the distillery and then they move up, actually pick the things and then mm-hmm. go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool that there's, you know, different events and stuff within there, too. You get to experience a Door County Fish Boil. We um, did uh, the bitters at Nelson's, yep, of course. I, I, was, uh, I was checking out your Instagram over the weekend and saw your bitters card. Yep. So you joined mm-hmm. the club. How was that? That was fun. I actually... Haven't ever done that bitters club before. Um, it's a little strong for my taste, mm-hmm. but it had to be done. And now I'm official Islander. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think it was going to be worse than it was? Because that was my experience. I actually thought it would be easier because I like bitters in my drinks a lot. Mm-hmm. But so I, I would say I wasn't afraid of bitters, but that much at once it was a little overpowering. Right. <laughs> I feel like when I when I went and joined the club, they were hyping it all day mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually had the shot, I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. I thought it was going to be much worse than it was. It was actually kind of enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I like bitters, but more sipping instead of a shot. Sure. <laughs> Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, what, what else, what did you learn while you were up there doing this? Well, we learned a lot about the sustainability aspect of growing things on uh, Washington Island. So it's been really interesting to hear about what type of juniper grows on the island because it's actually juniper grows all around the world. And we actually import a lot of juniper into the country. And so there's a lot of talk about how how can we make juniper a more prominent crop and especially on a place like Washington Island, instead of just doing wheat or um, the more traditional farm um, products, why not use juniper as a um, bigger staple? Um, the other thing that we learned... <clears throat> I'm blanking, sorry. No problem. <laughs> I was going to mention something. Oh, um. The other, the other thing I really enjoyed about the event was the fact that so many different bartenders came in and experienced Washington Island. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funny comments I heard as I was leaving as the Tony, who is from Rome, Italy, was like, I'm going to go home and tell people that they should have more grass ceilings, which took me a second to actually realize what he was saying. But mm-hmm. he was talking about the grass roofs like on Al Johnson's. And right. So I thought that was a really funny comment and just hearing it from a seeing people experience Door County and Washington Island for the first time was really special. So are you are you working on an article now to kind of round up all of this stuff? Yeah, we actually got some video footage as well. Um, I'll be writing a piece, uh, probably a feature for The Pulse, and if not for the magazine. Great. So we'll see. So uh, you mentioned the video. Brett Kosmider was up on the island. Uh, how much did your pass intertwine while you were up there? Was he up there to follow you along and, and get this footage? Or I know that he was breaking off and getting some other Washington Island footage that mm-hmm. we need. 
Yeah, he was able to capture a lot of the group activity, um, like at bitters, uh, doing the bitter shot and doing the fish boil. But um, he really focused in on the juniper picking because that was very interesting. Um, harvesting is not an easy thing, it turns out. Uh, you have to wear protection because the bushes are very spiky. Um, and it takes, you know, some effort to collect these tiny little berries. So it was kind of fun to see these different people running around and trying to get as many berries as they can, even though it's not a very enjoyable experience normally. Sure. Well, that sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to checking out that footage and I, I would assume eventually putting out a video for everybody yep. to see. That's the plan. Um, any other takeaways from the experience? Um, I, something that I just think is really special to that community and everybody left saying they've met so many great new friends and we're going to keep in touch with everybody around the world. So I think that the Washington Island story and Death Store story is really going to be, you know, shared around the globe, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It, you know, it's, you don't have to, to mention that, you know, we get a lot of tourists up here in right. Dry County, but to experience something so different than even locals here get to experience exactly i mean a lot of these people this was their first time in the county right yes mm -hmm. I, I couldn't imagine you know coming through and, and having that be my first glimpse oh yeah such a cool experience yep well that's awesome thank you so much for coming and chat with me i think that that's going to do it for us this week uh sounds like you had a really great time do you have any yes. plans coming up for this weekend um this weekend looking to maybe go to third avenue playhouse i know that there's a new sh new performance there that i haven't seen yet mm -hmm and probably watching some Packers. Great. Well, uh, well, I look forward to checking out the article here in the coming weeks. Thank you so much, Aaliyah, and we'll see you later. Sounds good. Thanks. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. 